Okay, Ephesians chapter 6, and let's uh, read verses 10 through 13 again. I think we read 13, maybe a verse or two more last time. Last Sunday, Monday or Wednesday, da da da. I kind of veered off the track here, but uh, we're talking about the spiritual warfare. Alright, finally, brethren, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. That's what we're talking about tonight. Who will be left standing? Mark, how many times he uses the word stand here. That you might, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, taken to you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. It's all about standing. Our duty as a Christian is not to defeat the devil, but our duty as a Christian is to remain standing after after it's all done. I mean, that's what our duty is, to stand. What does it mean to stand? <laughs> well... It means to stand, not move. Stand, not back up. God's instructed us and commanded us to be prepared for the assaults of the devil. Uh, you know, people just don't talk about this anymore. It's all about us. It's all about our sinful nature and all about us and our flesh and our uh, lust and all of that. Well, that plays into it, but it's not... I mean, what about the devil? He's got off in this generation. He's just got a free pass. Mm -hmm. He's not even considered a, ma a, a, a factor in all of this. But he's the tempter. Yes. And when you're tempted, it's he's involved in it. Yes, it's more than just you yes. and your mind and your lust and your flesh. And so we better wake up and realize that that's what this warfare is about. It's about evil and good. It's between God and Satan, who intends to overthrow God. That's his goal. I'll be like the Most High. He's gonna. That's what he intends to do. He's not gonna do it, but that's what his. He's evil, and and he's out to destroy. God's creation. There's so much more to say right there, but I, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna meander around. I'm gonna try to get it done tonight so we can get out of here. But we are to put on the whole armor of God. Put it on. God don't put it on you. That's right. Amen. Yeah. You gotta, we got some responsibility. And that's what's different than most of the Calvinistic stuff that's around today. No responsibility. Inabilities, the 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 motto and the the yeah the creed. We have some responsibility, and one of them is to put on the whole armor of God. Right. Take unto you all of these different parts. It's talking about that you may be able to stand. You don't put it on, you're not going to stand. I promise you, that's the way it's going to be. I don't care who you are here tonight, you're not strong enough, you're not smart enough, you're not learned enough to stand. To even stand 
if you don't have the armor of God like he describes right here. There's more to it than what I'm saying right now. Defeating the devil's not part of our orders from God. It's not it. You know, the Pentecostals talk about fighting the devil and defeating the devil and you hear it in all quarters, you know. But that's not our job. We're not going to defeat the devil. Not us. Christ is. Not us. That's the first thing. reason why is because we're not able to defeat him. If you think you are, you're in for a big surprise. Mm -hmm. But we are well able, with God's help, to resist him and to withstand his attacks. That's what this is all about. His devices, his lies, his strategies against us. We're not ignorant of his devices. devices. So we shouldn't fall for them. We know what this thing's about. We're supposed to know. Yes, sir. To stand means to remain the same in regard to what is right and true. Now, have you got it? You know where I'm going yet? Stand. That's what we talk about. I mean, I I can tell you uh, preachers that don't stand. That's the language we use. That's the verbiage we use to describe this about compromisers who did believe this, but now they don't anymore. They And they'll all uh, try to portray that they've got smarter. They've got more spiritual. They've learned some things. And that's why they don't stand there anymore. No, the devil got to them. That's what happened to them every time. God don't teach us to compromise. And the Holy Spirit of God don't lead us away from what, we've, what we know is true. That's right, that's right. To agree with the wicked people of the world. You ain't going to never convince me that that's God that does that. They didn't get more spiritual, they got more worldly. They didn't get more spiritual, they got more carnal minded. And the devil got to them. Because they didn't have their armor on. Mm -hmm. It means to to remain the same in regard to what's right and true. To stand means to be fixed, stationary. That tree stands right there. That tree has been standing there ever since it sprouted. That tree hasn't moved. It stands there. When we talk about the tree, that's the word we use. That tree that stands over there. That building that's standing over there. That means it don't move. And that's that's what we're charged with right here. That you might be able to stand. That you might be able to withstand. That when it's all over, you'll be standing. Amen. That's what we're supposed to be. That's the whole orders from on high here about our warfare that we're in. We're not going to conquer. We're going to stand the devil when it comes to the devil. To stand means to remain steady. It means to not back up or give place to another who opposes. When you're in a war, you stand your ground. When you're in a fight, you stand your ground or you lose. Remember I was telling you about the guy in World War II I read about here a while back and how they had him cornered and outnumbered bad. And they said, stand down. He said, you come and get us. And they stood. Until they won. Yes, sir. Sure when it was all over, they were still standing. Yep. Yep. And that's the way this is. 
To stand means to remain steady and stable and not shaky and uncertain or vacillating. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. It means to continue unchanged. So that's, that's what your orders are and that's what's mine. Do you know what you believe? Do you know what's true tonight? Do you know what's right and wrong? Well, are you going to let the devil talk you out of it and change your mind about it? Under the pressure of the world and the peer pressure of other so-called Christians who throw it all to the wind and conform to the world instead, they have not stood. They've failed. The devil got them. And it's a much more serious matter than you think. We think, you know... There's the difference between somebody who's just ignorant and, ne- and, not, and never learned, never heard it, never understood it, and they do certain things. There's a big difference in that and somebody who has heard, who has seen, had the light, and had been preached to and, and understood it, and then to turn away from that. They're in a lot more serious trouble in their soul and in their eternal destiny than you think they are. Most people think they are. I think they're all right. No, they're not. It's a major thing to compromise on the truth, to compromise on righteousness, to compromise on the Word of God. All these things that are in the armor of God. All the assaults of Satan are designed to change you. You understand that? That's what he's trying to do. He's not necessarily trying to get you to do something stupid and wicked. He's just trying to change you. That's what spiritual warfare is about. He's talking to your mind. And he's working in there. Talking all the time. Trying to persuade you to change your mind about something that's right. Or something that's wrong and make it right. That's his strategy always is to make evil good and good evil in your mind. Swap places. Really? Yes. You need to think about that. All of his assaults are designed to change you, to change your mind, to change your concepts. Boy, I've been thinking about that so much more. I tell you, that's one of those things we dealt with back there in Romans chapter 1, and it is, my, you get these concepts in your mind, and, and you can't be changed. But the devil can change the concepts you get from the Word of God somehow or another. They're more easily changed. He can talk you out of them a lot easier than people can be talked out of their sin. The armor, your convictions, your foundations, His assaults are always designed to change your foundations. The armor of God is described here to identify the very things that Satan targets when he's trying to move you from your foundation. Are you listening to me? We're going to talk about the armor of God here. And I'm telling you that it's very easy to see that these things that are mentioned in the armor of God are indeed the very things that the devil works on in our minds to change our concepts and ideas. (laughs) Just listen. The armor of God. Have your loins girt about with truth. That's the first one. First one. What does the devil always attack first? Truth. What does he want to change about you? What you think is true. And what you think is false. He's always done that. He always will. 
And, and he's never changed his M.O. in that at all since the Garden of Eden. It's always the first target of Satan. Truth. Yes, sir. Always. Right. Buy the truth and sell it not. Amen. You know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And, and boy, that's where he... We can observe from the world around us and the churches and the people who call themselves Christians that they're constantly changing what they believe to be true. Can you see that? Look at the world around us. It's constantly changing. A lot of the things we believe to be true, we know to be true, most everybody used to believe to be true. But now, they don't. Not even to the, to the matter of gender, for heaven's sake. Truth. Truth is falling in the streets. Judgment's turned around backwards. That's the state of things when the devil has the high places. We can see that and all around us and in the churches especially. Truth has become pliable. It's become evolving. You remember when Obama said that he had evolved in his opinions about same-sex marriage and all that. So that's how it is, huh? The truth just evolves. It's always changing. No, it's not. It's not. No, sir. What's true is true. And what's a lie is a lie. And the truth never changes. Why should you back up on the truth? The devil's going to attack you right there. Oh, you better listen to me. I'm telling you, that's where he's going to get you. He, the truth has become pliable and evolving and a subjective thing that we make up as we go. And we make it up to our own liking. My truth. Your truth. That's a bunch of baloney. That's a bunch of wickedness. That's the voice of the devil. Truth don't change and you ain't got no truth and I ain't got my truth. Sorry about the ain'ts. That's just the way it is. You don't have it. That's right. Gary, you don't have your truth, what you believe. No, sir. No, we, if, we don't, if we've got any truth, it's God's truth. Yes, and it doesn't change. He's, the devil's a liar. And a lie is his first and most effective weapon against our soul, against your soul. You better listen to that. Every sin begins with a lie. It's his most effective tool that he's going to use on you, on your children, on your wife, on your husband. It's a lie. He's attacking the truth. Let your loins be girt about with truth. Girt. You hold on. It ain't coming off. It's not going to fall off. It's not going to be tore off or taken from you. You got it. Gird about with truth. He comes to us in our minds enticing us to question and doubt what we know to be true. Uh, man, I, I wish that I was articulate enough to really sledgehammer this down. Because everybody does it. And I hear it. And I hate it because I know where it's coming from. Now, you need to have a look at the, a broad look of the whole thing here. 
Don't just look at the last generation. The last generation messed up and the generation before that messed up and this generation is messing up. And they believe a bunch of junk that ain't right. But truth is eternal. It doesn't change. And you can look at the whole picture. I mean, let's go all the way back and let's find the truth that has been common among the church, the people of God all through the ages. And you start questioning that stuff, man, the devil's messing with you. We all we make mistakes, we swallow bad influence and all that. We can correct that without throwing out the truth, without questioning everything. You know, I preached about critical thinking here a few weeks ago. And man, that's just... You know, I hammered it hard enough, but I'm telling you, this thing of just doubting everything, questioning everything, that ain't God making you do that. And that ain't your superior intelligence. It is Satan making you question everything. And especially truth that is long established and long held through all of the centuries of the human race and the church. You just better be very careful. He can, he can shake us here. If He can, we're defeated. And we are not going to stand. I'm talking about standing. We're to stand, not change. I mean, if it was true 50 years ago, it's true right now. If it was true 100 years ago, it's true right now. Don't change. All right, the breastplate of righteousness. <laughs> Where do people change the most? Well, in the truth... Where do people change most? In righteousness. Righteousness is another thing that's always changing in the minds of people. You just need to live a while. A little longer than 20 years old. You need to live a little longer and you'll be able to see what is going on. It's constantly changing. There's people right here tonight, some of you don't believe uh, things are wrong that that I think are wrong and that I know are wrong and that, and that my ancestors knew was wrong and would never have done. And some of you think it's okay. You don't see nothing wrong with it. <laughs> well, who got to you? God got to you and showed you a better way than me and everybody else that taught me and the ones that taught them and what the Bible says and you know better. Is that the way it is? Well, nope. That's a lie. Right out of hell. That ain't true. You're listening to the wrong voices. Righteousness is another thing that's always changing in the minds of people and especially those who call themselves Christians. My, my, my. You want me to park here a while? But true righteousness doesn't change any more than God changes. If it was right 50 years ago or 100 years ago or 1,000 years ago, it's still right now. Righteousness is righteousness. Doesn't matter the culture. Doesn't matter the time frame. If something was right or wrong, then it's it's right or wrong now. Only the devil himself could convince people that morals change with the times. 
It's changed and changed and changed until now. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that most people who call themselves Christians don't even think that fornication is wrong anymore. They don't. They accept it. They just go ahead and accept it all in the church and celebrate it with parties and showers and everything. Who changed them? Are they standing? Are they standing? No! They're not standing. They fell. They backed up. They've surrendered. It's very obvious that most of those who identified as Christians don't have on the breastplate of righteousness. Or they wouldn't be approving all this perversion and insanity that's going on right now. You just watch what happens when some... I mean, I've watched it and watched it and watched it and I've watched them through the years as they were so strict and they believed this and that and the other and then their kid turned out to be something and then, then it's all off. Everything's changed. Breastplate. Breastplate protects the heart and the lungs. And without it, we'll not be left standing for long. Breastplate of righteousness. You know what righteousness is? Have you made up your mind about it? Is there anything that you really believe? (laughs) Or would you change if you got in a different environment? If you got in a different church with a different bunch of people and got to hanging around them and they thought different and they felt different and all this, would you just change to that truth? That version of righteousness? Most do. Most will and most do. How do you think God in heaven feels when he looks down upon all this mess and everybody's so wishy-washy and unfaithful and no backbone and no nothing, no strength, nothing to withstand. They don't withstand the devil. They don't even put up a fight. He just talks them into anything. They're just chameleons that just fit in anywhere they go. They don't change anything around them. They're just changed by their surroundings. And that is not what the church is supposed to be. And that's not what a Christian is supposed to be. People are very prone to changing their views on what's right and wrong when someone they love is involved in it. Well, you better believe that. Seen enough of that. If you have on the breastplate of righteousness, it simply means that you've learned from the Word of God what's right and what's not. And you believe the Word of God and not the feelings of your heart or not what other people say. Yeah. Amen. You got any convictions? Do you? Yes, sir. Yes. Mercy. That's right. Oh, there's just a lot of things I'd like to say. I've just watched it as it just went down the tubes with dress, with worldly entertainment and involvement. Yeah, there's more. There's a whole lot more. I mean, now it's even got to the point where drinking is okay. You're hard-pressed to find Christian people who are bold enough to say that the Bible forbids it, that it's wrong. Because they can't, 
You know, man, I can take the Bible and I can make you ashamed of yourself for defending it. How could you possibly defend it? If you say you believe the Bible and the Bible says this and this and this and this and this, I can show you verses and verses and verses. And you're going to defend it? What is the matter with you? The devil's been messing with your mind. That's what's the matter with you. And he's lied to you and blinded you and you've thrown aside the Word of God and you ain't standing anymore. One verse throws it all out. Abstain from all appearance of evil. What about that? Huh? I've asked you before, if you seen me with a bottle of beer in my hand, how much confidence would you have in me? And even if I explain to you how the Bible says, now it doesn't say you have to be a teetotaler now. I mean, the Bible doesn't say thou shalt not drink beer. And I explain all that to you? Ain't going to affect you, is it? You're going to say, he's a hypocrite. Listening to him. You see me sneaking out of the liquor store? Same thing. So don't tell me it's okay. Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath redness of eyes? Wounds without cause. Tell me who it is. And you, you don't think it's wrong. Well, see, see what the devils did to a bunch of people? Through weak pulpits and phony preachers, hirelings, lying to the people because the devil's got his mouth. He's full of spirit of the of evil spirit. Amen. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Barefooted, you, you know, we're pretty much lame and useless. I am. Now, some of you kids may not be. I see these little ones running across the rocks and stuff. And when I was little, I did that too. But man, if I if I'd try that now, you'd catch me pretty easy. <laughs> I wouldn't be much of a threat or a problem for you if I didn't have on any shoes. Shod, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We can't run and carry anything if we're barefooted. Yet we're very prone to sit down or lie down if we're barefooted, if if we're on any kind of rough ground. Now, if you're just in the house on the carpet with the air conditioner running and, and a glass of tea in your hand, why, you don't worry about shoes. But if you're going to do anything, you're going to have to have shoes on your feet. Right. <laughs> you don't know, just sit around. Never go anywhere. Never see anybody. Well, just go ahead and stay barefooted. It ain't going to hurt you. But again, it's obvious that someone, somewhere, has hijacked the idea of being prepared to represent the Lord and His salvation to someone who's seeking. Is that obvious to you? It is to me. Who can talk to somebody about the Lord, their soul, spiritual things, effectively, knowledgeably, with knowledge. Who can do that? Very few. Very few. Somebody changed that. Because people used to know how to do that. They had that ability. They were prepared. They lived a holy life had a personal walk with God because the preachers preached it in the church and had revivals and they talked about that. And the evangelists taught the people the same thing. And a thorough understanding of the Scriptures and a heart full of love and compassion and a prayerful burden for the lost and a, being a faithful church member. See, all that's changed now, ain't it? What about that faithful church member? 
That's a thing of the past. Because somebody's told everybody that you don't have to go to church to go to heaven. I think I know who it was, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> we now have it reduced to like a sales pitch for selling a vacuum cleaner. Four points and a prayer, you're in. That's all they know, too. Was that telling me something? Anna was telling me the other day about a Sunday school teacher in Virginia. And, I mean, a little small child just asked the Sunday school teacher a question. Well, what about this? And this, she didn't know what to say. To a child right. about a basic thing about the gospel. Right. And that's the way it is. A lot of churches have the soul winning courses and they train them, boy, and drill them. I mean, Seth did it over there in Virginia at <laughs> the church they went to. That's what she's supposed to do. Go to the uh, basic training. Learn that. Learn how to sell it. Yep. Well, that's not the way it was done. No. Ain't the way John the Baptist done it. We can go farther back than that. That's not the way Jesus done it. It's not the way the apostles done it. It's not the way the church has done it through all of the ages until this generation. And now it's all just a business-like transaction, and it's all about money. And, and that's the way people understand salvation. It's like some kind of monetary exchange or something. Right. And nobody knows any better. And they can't tell anybody any different. No. And it never goes anywhere deeper than that in anybody's soul. That's right. Because they're not prepared. They don't understand. They, don't, they never learned. They never were taught. Nobody preached it to them. So they don't understand the atonement. They don't understand what really happened when Jesus came and died on the cross and rose from the dead. So it leaves people shallow in doctrine and shaky on their foundation. And the devil won. And they're prone to change everything and go to a charismatic church or some contemporary idol worshiping church. The devil won. They're not standing. Who's standing now? I mean, who is left standing? Used to, you'd go to about any town and you'd find a church you could go to. What about now? What would you just say there a while ago? You know, that's common. That's a common story. Can't find no place to go to church. We got, I know people all over this country that they're in the same boat. If they're going to go, they're going to have to go to one of them. Hear a bunch of lies and nonsense and craziness. Didn't used to be that way. Used to be more people standing. But nobody talked about this. And the devil just done his dirty work and nobody opposed him and nobody knew what was going on until it's all done. That's why I'm telling you here tonight. You better wake up. You better wake up in your mind and you better start resisting the devil where he's attacking. And this is where he's attacking. You're going to trying to get you to change your mind about what's right and wrong. Trying to change your mind about what's true and false. Taking the shield of faith. Well, the shield is our first line of defense. A shield stops everything from touching your body. You got a shield, you ain't going to get hit in the head if you got your shield up. You're not going to get hit in the heart or in the breastplate if you got your shield up. Shield, it's to stop it before it gets to you. Shield of what? Faith. What's he going to try to get you to do? Drop your shield. Or look the other way and not have the shield 
at ready. It takes the blows, which would otherwise do great harm to you or kill you. And all the other pieces of armor are there for the fiery darts that get past the shield. But the shield's supposed to stop them all. Got it, Eerie? And fire darts, boy, the devil. Your shield ought to stop them. Your faith will keep you out of the places where the devil can get to you. (laughs) Your faith will shield you from all the harm. If you just believe. If you'll simply trust God, which is what faith is, then nothing will touch our mind, our heart, our affections, and nothing will change what we believe about right and wrong and good and evil. If you believe God, you're not going to change. Now, it's simple as that. You start changing and compromising and getting more worldly and carnal in your, in your lifestyle and your dress and your language and your thinking and your associations, you ain't got your shield of faith. When our shield is down, we're much more vulnerable. Oh, Just like the truth, the devil works hard to get us to lay it down. Mm-hmm. Trial of our faith. We've been, I've been preaching about that too. You know, and that's just the... And, and you know, that was what we talked about two weeks ago about when trouble comes. That, that's, what, that's when most people don't stand. Because their faith fails. When your faith fails, then what? No shield. Then you just got one line of defense, and that's the what your breastplate and your helmet and whatever you got covering yourself. And you know the enemy knows where to hit you in between all of those things. I mean that's the way warfare always was. They had on their armor, but they knew where the points were. You hit that, and you got him. Our shield of faith is down when we're thinking for ourselves. You listen to me now. Your shield of faith is down when you start thinking for yourself and managing your life and your business by leaning on your own understanding. What's that verse that we always quote in Proverbs 3? Verse 4, yeah, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy path. All right. But when we, when our shield of faith is down, that we're thinking for ourselves, we're managing our lives and our business by leaning to our own understanding instead of acknowledging God in all our ways. I'm saying to you, when you're running the show, your shield of faith is down. Better mark that. You better always trust in God. You better always call upon God. You better always throw everything to God and depend on Him completely. You take it back into your hands and start figuring you're the best way. Not my, you're not living by faith. You're not walking by faith. And you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable to the devil. He's going to change you. He's going to change some of these other things while, you, while your faith is down. Right. Satan will orchestrate the circumstances so that all the evidence we can see looks like God has abandoned us. And we're a fool to trust in Him. And we're wise to lean on our own devices. Now, He'll fix it up where it just looks that way to us. 
And not only to us, but to everybody else. And everybody else will be telling us to do that. <laughs> you remember what the old black man told the preacher over there about the neighbor we was having trouble with? He said, preacher, you need to put your religion on the fence post and deal with that man. <laughs> well, somebody told me the other day about a matter of the old church out there and all it's all messed up and everything. He, that's what he told me. He said, he said, I know... I don't know what you'd like to do, but he said, I know what I'd do. He said, I ain't no preacher. So I guess that's his excuse to be able to do it. Say. Satan will orchestrate the circumstances so that everything we can see looks like God's failed us. It's not true. They've said that, but it just ain't so. Looks like I'm going to have to fix this myself. Looks like I'm going to have to figure out something myself. The helmet of salvation. Well, the devil works real hard to change what people think salvation really is. You hear me? We're talking about standing. Who believes in real salvation anymore? I mean, what is salvation from sin? He's been very successful with his strategy to, and the great majority of people who call themselves Christians are deceived about what it means to be saved from sin. I'm telling you that's the truth. They don't know. They don't even know anymore. They really don't. No. Salvation is a big deal. It's a miracle. It's a work of God. Right. But it's something for the right here and now in this present evil world. Right. The grace of God teaches us to live soberly and righteously and godly and deny ungodly lust in this present world. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How many is doing that? How many people believe that that's what salvation is anymore? No, it just means that we're all sinners and we're all going to heaven. And the only people that ain't going to heaven is these religious, righteous, puritanical people who think things are wrong. Certain things are wrong and you shouldn't do it. They'll end up in hell. But all the drunkards and the harlots and the dope heads, everybody else is going to heaven. They pass a poem around every so often saying that. I despise that thing. She wrote a poem contradicting it. <laughs> well, amen. That's standing. That's not sitting there looking at it and listening to it and saying, well, you know, maybe maybe they got a point, you know. No, they don't. They're blaspheming God as far as I'm concerned. If He didn't deliver you from your sin, He's no Savior. It's all a lie and it doesn't amount to a pop of, of a hill of beans. Might as well forget it all. It's the only hope mankind's got. It's the only hope any of us have. Yes, yes, Jesus yes, saves. Yes, he came to save His people from their sins. And that's exactly what He does. Right now, still, 2,000 years later, right before He comes, He's still doing it. Real salvation delivers you from that. Don't leave you under the dominion of sin. And it don't leave you carnal and sold under sin. It leaves you saved more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. Yes, well, sir, born of God overcometh the world. Yeah. Amen. Well, I won't go on and on with that. I mean, I just wanted to hit it salvation. These are the points that the, where the devil attacks, trying to get you to change your mind. Is salvation really just a profession and a prayer? Mm -mm. No. No. That's what most Baptists believe. Mm -hmm. They'll stand on it till they die. 
The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, was been changed more than the Word of God. Huh? What has been changed more than the Word of God? Anybody know how many versions there are of the English Bible? I don't even know. Hundreds and hundreds. <laughs> hmm. If you'd back up 120 years, how many people believed the King James Bible was the Word of God? English-speaking people, I'm talking about. Oh, well, then you go back a little more than 120 years. 140 years. But now look. Find me somebody that's not in our circle that believes that now. They don't. It's even getting hard to find them. And they read these perversions that have left verses out, changed words, yeah. taken away, and it's so obvious and you can do it's plain to see. Yes. They're messing with the word of God. Mm-hmm. There's, there's I know who messes with the word of God. Yes, and it's not the Holy Spirit. No, no it's the yeah. devil. He's always done it. Since the very beginning, that's what he attacked was the Word of God. And tried to change it. And he's still doing it right now. This is the Word of God. Amen. I believed it since I got saved and I still believe it now. And I'm not going to change. If you're waiting on me to back up on that, you're going to be waiting a long time. you got no hope whatsoever, I'm telling you, of seeing that. Not going to compromise. Because I know! I mean, I've read it, I've studied it, I've looked at it enough till I know it's the Word of God. And you are the devil or nobody's going to talk me out of it. And I hope you feel the same way. I hope you are the same way. It's the sword of the Spirit. How many people still believe this is the Word of God? Not very many. How sure are you about that matter? Hmm? How sure are you? <laughs> Alright, I'll quit. I'll just cut it off right there. I'm just telling you, our orders from heaven are to stand. And that means not move. Stand your ground. No matter what. And when it's all said and done, I mean that that you stand. There at the end, that's what he said. Having done all, stand. No matter what. No matter if you've got to stand alone. No matter if everybody else in the world changes and everybody, all men forsake you and leave you. That's what happened to Paul. That's what happened to Jesus. Big deal if it happens to us. Why would should we be any different? In in John chapter six, Jesus gave that talk to though that multitude about except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can have no part of me. And they all forsook him. Said this hard saying. He tried to tell them the words I'm saying to you, they're spirit and life. They're not flesh. I'm not talking. I'm talking to you in the spiritual language. They couldn't understand that because natural man seeks not things the spirit of God. They all walked away. He turned to the twelve and said, "Will ye also go away?" Because if they were going to walk away, he wasn't changing one thing. They could walk away too. The truth is the truth. I'm glad God don't compromise with the devil or with people. Or with anybody, I'm the Lord thy God. I change not. 
Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you're going to be one of His children, you're going to have to be like that too. You're going to have to find the truth and stand there. You're going to have to have, find what's righteous and live by it and not be talked out of it or scared out of it or intimidated out of it or peer pressured out of it. I'm not ashamed of what I believe because it's right. And everybody knows it's right. That's the bottom line. That's why they run from you. They don't run from you because they're scared of you, because they hate you really. The truth is what convicts people. They know. They know. Because the truth is a pleasant thing. We talk about the truth hurts. Not really. You rejoice in the truth. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you. Even lost people know the truth. And and it's so powerful. I mean, it gets to these hardened sinners. They know the truth. Somebody's got to stand. Their soul depends on whether we stand or not. I mean, that's really the bottom line of this whole thing. You know, if you knew what was at stake for you to stand, you'd stand at all costs. But you're not looking. You're not looking at what's gonna, what the results and the consequences and the, and the collateral damage is going to happen if you just fudge a little bit, compromise a little bit. Stand on what's right. Live like a Christian. Live holy. Amen. Don't take up the world's ways. Don't let the devil talk you into it. He'll whisper in your ear, in your mind. That's where the battle's at. Question it. I just don't see any. Here's what I don't see anything wrong with that, or I don't see where the Bible says. Won't you get somewhere where somebody knows the Bible, and before you just decide the Bible don't say anything about that? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Father, thank you for the Word of God, and I pray you'd bless it to our hearts and minds. And it's true, Lord. This is so important, so true. Please help us. Lord, to stand. It's hard in this time that we're living in and the pressure's on. We feel so alone so many times. And I know everybody here has to go out in this world and work and be around people and and the pressure and the, the mockery and the ridicule and the condemnation you get from this wicked world around us, I pray. You'd strengthen their hearts and minds and and help them, Lord, to be anchored in the truth and be standing on a firm foundation that they'd be able to withstand all of those fiery darts of the devil. Help us, Lord, all of us to put on that whole armor of God and protect our mind with the helmet of salvation, protect our heart and with the breastplate of righteousness and, and our loins with the truth. Lord, help us to have all of these things uh, protected the way you tell us to here go with us now lord i pray help us to remember these things and obey them do them not just let it fall by the wayside i pray something that was said here tonight to jar somebody loose to start walking a little more circumspectly resisting the devil a little more in their mind and heart and lord to be aware of what he's about lord help us in that especially in jesus name amen Amen.